Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 9 and 10 of the Grand Babylon Hotel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anna Simon. The Grand Babylon Hotel by Arnold Bennett. Chapter 9. Two Women and the Revolver. You, you're only doing that to frighten me, stammered Miss Spencer in a low, quavering voice. Am I? Nella replied, as firmly as she could, though her hand shook violently with excitement, could Miss Spencer but have observed it. Am I? You said just now that I might be a Yankee girl, but I was a fool. Well, I am a Yankee girl, as you call it, and in my country, if they don't teach revolver-shooting in boarding schools, there are at least a lot of girls who can handle a revolver. I happen to be one of them. I tell you that if you ring that bell, you will suffer. Most of this was simple bluff on Nella's part, and she trembled lest Miss Spencer should perceive that it was simple bluff. Happily for her, Miss Spencer belonged to that order of women who have every sort of courage except physical courage. Miss Spencer could have withstood successfully any moral trial, but persuade her that her skin was in danger and she would succumb. Nella at once divined this useful fact and proceeded accordingly, hiding the strangeness of her own sensations as well as she could. "'You had better sit down now,' said Nella, "'and I will ask you a few questions.' And Miss Spencer obediently sat down, rather white, and trying to screw her lips into a formal smile. "'Why did you leave the Grand Babylon that night?' Nella began her examination, putting on a stern, barrister-like expression. "'I had orders to, Miss Rexall. "'Whose orders?' "'Well, I'm—I'm—the fact is, I'm a married woman, and it was my husband's orders.' "'Who is your husband?' "'Tom Jackson. Jules, you know, hat-waiter at the Grand Babylon.' "'So Jules' real name is Tom Jackson?' Why did he want you to leave without giving notice? I'm sure I don't know, Miss Rexall. I swear I don't know. He's my husband, and, of course, I do what he tells me, as you will some day do what your husband tells you. Please heaven you'll get a better husband than mine. Miss Spencer showed a sign of tears. Nella fingered the revolver and put it at full cock. Well, she repeated, why did he want you to leave? She was tremendously surprised at her own coolness, and somewhat pleased with it, too. "'I can't tell you! I can't tell you!' "'You've just got to,' Nella said, in a terrible, remorseless tone. "'He, he wished me to come over here to Ostend. Something had gone wrong. Oh, he's a fearful man, is Tom. I, if I told you, he—' "'Had something gone wrong in the hotel or over here?' 
both was it about prince eugen of posen i, I don't know that is y yes I, I think so what has your husband to do with prince eugen i believe he has some some sort of business with him some money business and was mr dimmock in this business i fancy so miss Rexel. i'm telling you all i know that i swear did your husband and mr dimmock have a quarrel that night in room one hundred eleven they had some difficulty and the result of that was that you came to ostend instantly yes i suppose so and what were you to do in ostend what were your instructions from this husband of yours miss spencer's head dropped on her arms on the table which separated her from nella and she appeared to sob violently have pity on me she murmured i can't tell you any more why he'd kill me if he knew you're wandering from the subject observed nella coldly this is the last time i shall warn you let me tell you plainly i've got the best reasons for being desperate and if anything happens to you i shall say i did it in self-defence now what were you to do in ostend i shall die for this anyhow whined miss spencer and then with a sort of fierce despair i had to keep watch on prince eugen where in this house miss spencer nodded and looking up nella could see the traces of tears in her face then prince eugen was a prisoner someone had captured him at the instigation of jules yes if you must have it why was it necessary for you especially to come to ostend oh tom trusts me you see i know ostend before i took that place at the grand babylon i had travelled over europe and tom knew that i knew a thing or two why did you take the place at the grand babylon because tom told me to he said i should be useful to him there is your husband an anarchist or something of that kind miss spencer i don't know i tell you in a minute if i knew but he's one of those that keep themselves to themselves do you know if he has ever committed a murder never said miss spencer with righteous repudiation of the mere idea but mr dimmock was murdered he was poisoned if he had not been poisoned why was his body stolen it must have been stolen to prevent inquiry to hide traces tell me about that i take my dying oath said miss spencer standing up a little way from the table i take my dying oath i didn't know mr dimmock was dead till i saw it in the newspaper you swear you had no suspicion of it i swear i hadn't nella was inclined to believe the statement the woman and the girl looked at each other in the tawdry frowsy lamplit room miss spencer nervously patted her yellow hair into shape as if gradually recovering her composure and equanimity the whole affair seemed like a dream to nella a disturbing sinister nightmare she was a little uncertain what to say she felt that she had not yet got hold of any very definite information where is prince eugen now she asked at length i don't know miss he isn't in this house no miss ah we will see presently they took him away miss Rexall. who took him away some of your husband's friends some of his acquaintances then there is a gang of you a gang of us a gang i don't know what you mean miss spencer quavered oh but you must know smiled nella calmly 
"'You can't possibly be so innocent as all that, Mrs. Tom Jackson. "'You can't play games with me. "'You've just got to remember that I'm what you call a Yankee girl. "'There's one thing that I mean to find out, within the next five minutes, "'and that is how your charming husband kidnapped Prince Eugen, "'and why he kidnapped him. "'Let us begin with the second question. "'You have evaded it once.' "'Miss Spencer looked into Nella's face, and then her eyes dropped, "'and her fingers worked nervously with the tablecloth.' "'How can I tell you,' she said, "'when I don't know? "'You've got the whip-hand of me, "'and you're tormenting me for your own pleasure.' "'She wore an expression of persecuted innocence. "'Did Mr. Tom Jackson want to get some money "'out of Prince Eugen?' "'Money? Not he. "'Tom's never short of money.' "'But I mean a lot of money. "'Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands.' "'Tom never wanted money from anyone,' "'said Miss Spencer doggedly. "'Then had he some reason for wishing to prevent Prince Eugen from coming to London?' "'Perhaps he had. I don't know. If you kill me, I don't know.' Nella stopped to reflect. Then she raised the revolver. It was a mechanical, unintentional sort of action, and certainly she had no intention of using the weapon. But, strange to say, Miss Spencer again cowered before it. Even at that moment Nella wondered that a woman like Miss Spencer could be so simple as to think the revolver would actually be used.' Having absolutely no physical cowardice herself, Nella had the greatest difficulty in imagining that other people could be at the mercy of a bodily fear. Still, she saw her advantage, and used it relentlessly, and with as much theatrical gesture as she could command. She raised the revolver till it was level with Miss Spencer's face, and suddenly a new, queer feeling took hold of her. She knew that she would indeed use that revolver now, if the miserable woman before her drove her too far. She felt afraid— afraid of herself. She was in the grasp of a savage, primeval instinct. In a flash she saw Miss Spencer dead at her feet. The police, 